racket at the start there. Hello and welcome to episode six of season one of the Arden's A-Up podcast. Tonight, going to be slightly different because we are in full promo mode. If you are anything to do with the Arden, you know that May is festival season. And so tonight we are going to be talking untapped, just so you know, Maddie, it is an audio format. So <laughs> of, uh, some kind of wave is not going to be picked up unless I draw attention to it to take. Okay. <laughs> um, we are here with a group of five of theatre and performances third years who are on to talk about their project that they've got going on at the moment. So I'm going to ask you all to introduce yourselves and if you can just tell people who are listening, what is it about creating original performance that gets you out of bed in the morning, that gets you into rehearsal? What is it that excites you about it? Start with Jack. Okay, uh, hi, I'm Jack. Um, what it is, I mean, what it is about tap that gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, I think for me, it is, it is that opportunity to create original. Um, the fact that we, we as a course, everything that you see that TAP do has been created by us. We don't have scripts. We don't have anything. It's that idea of throwing stuff at a wall, seeing if it sticks and just having this rehearsal process from day one to the final moment that you come off stage. Like there's, there's never a dull moment. We are like one massive, if slightly dysfunctional family, I think on tap. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. The the amazing thing about it is I don't think anybody connected with it with tap would disagree or be offended by that. I think uh, massive dysfunctional family does about set it up, doesn't it really? Okay, <laughs> thanks very much for that. <laughs> okay, who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay, Maddie. Um, so hi, yeah, I am Maddie. Um, my thing about tap, I think it's just the fact that I still feel like a kid. Like I still feel like I'm going into this room and I'm playing. I'm like having fun. I'm seeing what we can create. I love bouncing off ideas. Like if someone comes up with an idea and then it just gets your brain sparks flowing and you're just full of this like energy and excitement to like add to that idea and then to actually then play with it and put it in in motion and see how it looks and then expand on it and stuff. I, th I just feel like a kid with my toy box that is just play setting all these scenes and like playing around and like it's just great. Like I I I don't need to grow up. Like this is what I want to do. So it's it's really it's it's good fun. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so dysfunctional family with a toy box. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so from my point of view we've got uh two on the top left uh so that's elston and rob so do you want to uh, go next we've got two for one on uh, yeah one mic i don't mind going go next uh hello i'm elston um so i'd say for me what i really love about tap and getting up anyone to do it is the fact that every time you go in to tap every module that you do is it something different it, it can expand your skill tree in like so many ways which i never thought i would be able to express how well it does it if you want to do clowning you can do clowning if you want to do text can do text poetry if you want to do physical movement if you literally want to do anything even on screen acting it gets you prepared for whatever the future holds you know what i mean i feel like i really can from after this anyway as a third year student be able to go into the bigger world and feel prepared in whatever aspect it takes me on because i feel like my skill tree has just expanded so much from joining this course so I feel like it gives you a sense of freedom and which direction you want to choose and which way you want to go about it. And 
as you personally as a performer, which path would you like to take? So, Rob, yeah, I'm going to ask a sort of finesse the question in a slightly different way for you, because I do know that you came to this through a slightly unconventional route, slightly different route. So what drew you to do this? For me, um, I was from working around North Wales, uh, touring around there with a company called Catsport Theatre. And I'd done a lot of applied theatre around there. And I'd done a lot of um, very sort of heavy sort of naturalistic acting. And I found myself within that company, I was getting to direct pieces and um, create performances. And then when I, as soon as I looked up tap, um, I was looking, I wanted to find out, I felt a bit stale around there. So I was like, I want to go do something else a little bit more. I need to go and expand what I'm doing. And I saw this, um, the on tap um, theatre performance. And I was, as soon as it was saying it was for the cre- uh, theatre creators, and it's all about originality and people that like to look outside the box. Um, that just drew me in straight away. I was like, right, I need to, I want to develop on me as a director and I want to be able to make original stuff. But I, I knew I loved um, creating work where it makes you question, but the audience might, they have to work it out. You're not spoon feeding the audience the information. They yeah. really have to look into what's going on and that the, um, the uh, subliminal message, messages that are kind of going on. You feel Hidden messages. Hidden messages, yeah. yeah. So the semiotics essentially, so like and all that sort of stuff so where you actually, um, you're working out for yourself. And it's, I think it's a lot more rewarding for an audience member at the end of it, if you feel that you've come of it going, ah, this is what I got from it, but no one's told me this. It's your own idea of what you've got from it. Um, I, I, that for me was just so attractive about the course. I was like, yeah, I want to make stuff like that. And I, I, from doing the course, that's definitely what I've kind of got from it is it lets you look outside the normal conventions of um, making the performance and looking at how you can turn everything on its head and still make a performance of it. It's, it's, yeah, it's been really Great. rewarding that way. Thank you. Uh, and finally, uh, Abby. Uh, hi, I'm Abby. And uh, for me, it's, of course, like the same things like, you know, getting up and making work of a variety of people. Like we have so many different types of performers in the room as well. But it's also like the support from the tutors that like, uh, especially um, recently with like one of my projects, like I've, I've worked with uh, Graham and Wayne closely on it and they seem really excited about your projects like in the all do but like personally for me it's them too and they always um really get involved in them and like especially like now where we're doing our uh, solo uh, pieces that they do really invest in them as well so it's like the support from the teachers that uh, really like boosts my uh confidence to carry on as well Thank you very much. Okay, so that is uh, introduction to the people who are uh, coming on talking to us tonight. But you are all here for a very specific reason. Uh, as we said in the introduction, it is uh, untapped. So would somebody like to tell us what untapped is, what it's all about, and how is it maybe different this year? Hi. <clears throat> 
So Untapped is our third year um, end of year festival. Um, this is when we as a company, we have the chance to um, like divvy up these roles and act like have these jobs and these responsibilities and actually create a festival um, for people to come and see. And we perform our own pieces and we can like promote ourselves as performers, as creatives and stuff, invite, um, you know, people to come and watch like scouters or agents or even just companies that we wish to work with or masters and stuff like the people that for the future, it's like we invite the people for the future and obviously friends and family as well. Um, but yeah, it's just this amalgamation of all of our work that we have like worked so hard on um, to yeah present to the to the world. But it's it's quite personal because it's something that we have created ourselves we've gone in and like thought about the theme like all of the decorations we've like thought about all the tickets and everything but um yeah it's it's very different this year um usually we go and we find a venue and stuff but we've actually um gratefully we've got contact theater which is on Oxford road in manchester um we have that as our space but unfortunately with covid and everything that's happening we are unable to do it live so we will be streaming it um like live streaming it um through the contact website but yeah so it's it's going to be from the comfort of your own home you can wear what you want there's no dress code it's really comfortable but you can just come and watch some really crazy stuff and really amazing work from um, the tap third years and we also have the devised show from the first years as well but yeah so you're uh, you're kind of folding the first year show into the yeah so it happens this year yeah well it happens every year i know that when we were in first year we did our devised show within the um untapped festival of third years um so it happens every year but yeah i think it's just it's a nice time to get the first years kind of like involved with um our own arden festival and give them the chance to showcase their work as well that they've been working hard on excellent because i mean it, it's not um it's not giving the game away but obviously i do know you all and um i was uh working with you fairly regularly right just before the initial lockdown because uh when you were developing which i think if i remember rightly was the last show the arden was able to produce before the uh lockdown started in march of 2020 in the transport museum so i, I remember you um developing that at the time and this is now the first shows back in the space. So how do you think your individual practice has developed through this very weird year that we've all lived through? Awesome. Um, you want to say something? I was just going to say, um, I think it's been really interesting for um, when, from being used to being on theatre, on stage and doing most of the performances on stage, having it on screen, like being able to put it into those two different things and actually try on, it, it's been a different take on it and it's been, it's been good. I think it's actually um, helped me realize different ways about going about things on, on making performances. The way in which we've been able to like do Zoom with our inter, um, international performance, we did um, that on Zoom with uh, students in Romania. So 
when we were doing that, that was a really interesting experience. Um, all getting online um, and all having quite a laugh actually, um, and being able to speak to those actual the uh, Romanian students and actually being able to create stuff. It's interesting trying to um, devise a piece online though with the the problems of people interrupting actually I think it helped in some ways because you had to kind of put your hand up so you weren't getting people actually interrupting too much it was it was quite a good process where sometimes there's a bit more order to things so no, it's quite interesting I mean <laughs> are you implying that get get a load of you lot physically into a room that it's quite raucous and quite difficult to actually manage <laughs> control and and make sure everybody is getting a it's a terrible thing I don't know how you could ever say that <laughs> it's creative people you know it has oh, to absolutely you can find some beautiful things i just, <laughs> I just remember some of the hour sessions i used to do with this particular group and coming out feeling like i'd done five rounds with uh with somebody but yeah it was uh <laughs> quite a thing excellent so moving back to talking about this year's projects can you tell us uh anything about some of the stuff that you've been working on i mean obviously i know with the nature of the sort of stuff you you want to do you probably don't want to give it away but um can you tell us a bit about some of the stuff you've been working on and what people could look um, to i i can i'm part of the programming team um so i have like so we obviously have the devised first year show but we also have a, a restaging of our devised show from the death of you um which is um we we've took so at the beginning of the year, we all created pictures to um, in what way we would like to restage in mini groups. And one was voted on. And that's now what what pitch we're going with to restage the death of you. Um, we have the history of, of man. I think it's, I don't know if it's men or man. I, I, keep, I keep getting confused. Uh, man i think it is uh, which is uh rock, is all the lads in our class um except josh who is doing um nice little pre-record so we that was one of the things is we have um some live performances in the space and then we've got some pre-recorded um videos as well to kind of like break it up so there'll be um a link in the hub that you can go and watch these like pre-recorded things on a youtube playlist that's great. Um, Can I just ask about uh, that as well? Because I think that's quite a fascinating idea uh, as practitioners to revisit your own work after a couple of years. <laughs> How have you found that as an experience? Because the death of you was was that that was one of the pieces that was impo uh, impossible, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. It was a part yeah. of the third. That was our device from the third year's festival. So yes, yeah, yeah. so that would have been May two thousand and nineteen. So how's the piece developed? Have you have you found going back in to do that again? Well, if we're looking at it from third year's perspective, so we're now taking a, a different aspect on it. So now we're doing it in a meta modern performance. So everything we do is going to be developed or changing to different ways of how we're trying to deliver the message. Well, it might not necessarily be delivering the message. It's up to inter uh, audience interpretation sometimes. That's how we're trying to come across with it. But it's been it's been interesting. So we've assigned a lot of roles during the process because um, it was quite hard online. So it was kind of being able to break it down and make sure everyone was heard and everyone gets the their because we're all quite big characters in our in our theatre performance as well to make sure everyone gets heard and 
um, listened to for the deaf review especially. So we assigned these roles um, like facilitators, such as um, someone who would be like a movement director, someone would take charge of script, etc. And it, it has helped to quite an extent because a lot of people as well, which is really helpful because deaf review is such a significant, a significant show for all of us because... For us as first years, it was the first kind of show we were in the, uh, the festival for the third years as well. And now we get to do that. It it comes across as we want to execute it properly next time we do the deaf view, which yeah, is now. There was a lot of things that we didn't really, from looking back, at we because we all watched it together, didn't we, that mm -hmm. original show. It's quite nice to be given the opportunity to go and get a show that you've already done with a massive company and get that company together again. Mm. And do I know obviously Make you're all better. the same people, but I think, you know, when you're out there, like I know myself, being out there with different companies, since so you don't get to work with them again on a, the same project. So yeah. to be with the same people again, knowing what it is and being able to mix it up again, it's actually really, it's a really nice experience, actually. It's, it's fun to revisit and try and revamp what you already It's part of the reason why I asked, because it's really unusual to be able to to do that. I mean, yeah. shows mm -hmm. have revivals, it, it, even in... in what what are we going to call it? Scripted theatre, even even or even in mainstream theatre, shows have revivals, and sometimes you'll go back and you'll do the same show again, but you never do it in the same way, and you never do it with the same cast. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. I think that that's an actual fascinating thing. Oh, and just as a bit of a quick call back there, could you possibly have a go at defining metamodern for those people who uh, might not uh, understand that term? It's very much what I like to say for metamodern is straight off Deadpool. Is a prime example. Wonderful definition. Yeah, because he addresses himself. Even the the fact that Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, but within it he mocks Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and is saying that whole thing about his green suit going. He's going through, and he says, "Oh no, it's like, just make sure it's my suit isn't green and animated." You know, yeah, which when was a reference to when it was Green Hornet. Oh no, uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you're taking down everything, aren't you? You're breaking the fourth wall. You're even addressing yeah. situations that you won't necessarily address in theatre. But like, it's the fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's what's is... for an audience, I think, because they're so bored of having the same <clears throat> thing. It's, it's nice to be saying, "Hey, we know that you know you're watching something, so we're going to address that." And hey, come on this journey with us yeah. on this story, which we know you know isn't real, but. Hey, let's enjoy it anyway, and we'll like Excellent. look along with you on the journey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so any other any other projects? Uh, should we go to our uh, programmer again? We we do have uh, so we we have a um, an upcoming theatre company performing a piece called The Maze, which consists of Liberty, Olivia, Tilly, and Leah Marshall. Um, we have. Uh, Nanny Fanny, which I'm not going to spoil. Like, if you saw a cabaret, then then you'll kind of have like a hint of what what that is. But I'm not going to ruin that too too much. <laughs> we have uh, a piece called Absolutely Trolleys, which is uh, Eloise Franks and Leo Wade. Um, I'm not really sure what that what that consists of at the moment because I think these things feel like aspects. the clues in the name. It's about yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> drunk yeah. nights out and. Um, some good party times. <laughs> See, I was I I was actually assuming that it was something, some kind of movement piece based around a, a supermarket trolley, but that but that was um, maybe I was uh, giving you too much credit. I don't know. <laughs> it's contemporary. Yeah. You're thinking outside yeah. the box. We have uh, bloopers, which um, I think that's like an ABBA kind of like uh, thing yeah. you've got going on. 
It's um, looking at the way in which you deal um, different women. So it's it's got Hannah Jennings, Jessie Sainty, and Grace Nicole Lowen, and they are looking at different ways that they deal with law through through the eyes of ABBA. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite exciting. Yeah. We've got Sorry, moments. <laughs> we've got moments by uh, Dave Williams, which uh, I think it's about time. Uh, he, he said the other day, it's about time. Uh, and the like the universe and things. Um, we have. Uh, oh, uh, oh yeah, and we also have some like uh, pre-recorded ones, which um, if uh, I know Maddie's one of them, if she wants to explain her her little thing. Oh yeah, so um, mine's called Me and Nikita. We are the proper ladies, and we are presenting the art of etiquette, and it's basically a show about like women um, and we touch on like taboo subjects such as like sex and like masturbation and um, all the good stuff like beauty ideals and the standards that women have to live up to it's quite a feminist um, little show with a couple of like dance numbers and songs and stuff so yeah that should be good <laughs> okay excellent um, I don't know if Jack wants to explain the other um pre-recorded ones because that's in like the hub which is his team's like um space yeah of course yeah i was i was gonna come on to that really like as as front of house um will like you'll understand as well this and anyone that kind of works in hospitality will know like front of house at the start of the project was all about kind of getting an audience in and i was fully prepared to don the suit and become fred syriax for like two days but um <laughs> But unfortunately, as it happens, like we've got an online, we've got an online audience. So that's kind of that's given us major kind of boundaries, but it's also given us loads of new challenges to do. So this idea of the hub. Um, so when you come into the festival, there will be uh, like a nine screen zoom set out and each of these cameras will be uh, probably available to pin as well. So you can always look at one specific angle if you want to. Um, but the hub is allowing us this this space that it's kind of a blessing in disguise, the fact that we haven't got an audience, because one of the performance spaces we can now use as our hub. Um, so this is going to be where a lot of the cast and company of first years um, and us guys in third year are going to be a lot of the time. And what it basically means is these nine screens. So you've got myself and Ryan, uh, Ryan Jones presenting throughout the whole festival. Um, you sort of double acts, giving it, um, introducing everything, telling you what's coming next, that sort of stuff. Um, but then there's also the option as well that when there's shows on, um, you can talk to the cast from the previous show. Um, so if you want to talk to the first years for a bit about how they found creating a show in COVID or um, the show itself, then you can, or actually, if you want to talk to us guys, then then you can. We'll be there for you. Um, but the hub, the hub's lovely, really, because you've got this option. I know we've been so used to looking at screens for the past year due to COVID, but like, you've got this option that you can watch what you want to watch, or you can just kind of absorb these nine different angles that actually, if you were there on the day, you wouldn't be able to get these nine different angles. So it's like I say, it's it's a blessing in disguise. Um, so when there's there's live stuff going on, we'll have links to the pre-recorded things as Abby has uh, brushed upon. So stuff like um, Alice Galvin is doing a lovely pre-recorded um, Alice in Wonderland type song, which is beautiful. I've heard it. 
Um, and obviously you've got Maddie's uh, stuff pre-recorded and things. We're also going to have these little interruptions as well. So like if you've got, there'll be some live stuff in the hub. Um, so the hub is basically this interface that you come to first. And then from there, you will be directed into uh, the certain areas as to where you can go and watch what's happening live in space two in the big space or um, order links to the pre-recorded stuff as well. Things absolutely fascinating. I think um, that's going to pretty much lead me on to the next thing I want to talk to everyone about, really, which is obviously over the last year, we has as as people in education and people who work in the creative industries, we've had to completely rethink how we produce work and how we get it out there. Um, how in general, though, do you think that COVID is going to affect going forward the sort of work that's going to be produced? How long of a shadow do you think it's going to cast? Um, I would say that, like from the beginning of thir- like the beginning of the well, the end of last year and beginning of our third year, and we had this opportunity to do a live performance, and then had to go into lockdown again and create this online international performance um, has kind of like shifted our, like my thoughts of in the future, like the whole use of like cameras and uh, we had pre-recorded videos in our international show and like stuff like that, like layers of different uh, medias as well. Like it all, um, and now that in our restaging, we're looking at different camera angles to stream the show that we, like that will be used and not having just this end on camera having like multiple angles like we've got we've got four um like floor angles and then a a ceiling bird's eye view down so like all all the ways in which you can move around the space will will change because you've got these different types of like media that you can use as well yeah 100% I think as well we'll just um just interjecting on that one i my dissertation was a lot on this and I think one of, one of the main things that I picked up on was this fact that where we are now is it's it's like that thing that Shakespeare wrote a lot of his plays in quarantine um, and you've got a lot of performers and performance makers and artists that are all they've done in quarantine is write, and so there's going to be a lot coming through and I think actually where we are <laughs> where we are better than Shakespeare, um, where we are better in Shakespeare in this position is that um, we have this access to technology. So you've got this option that festivals like ours, I mean, I'm, I'm a prime example of this, like coming from Suffolk, um, there weren't many people that were going to be able to come up and watch our festival from like my family and my background, but actually now that we're streaming it, I can give people the link to, to watch it from down there. So like I know that Edinburgh Fringe Festival is doing exactly the same. They're going to start they're going to start streaming more. So actually, you're giving more access to companies that may not have been able to come to Edinburgh in the first place, and you're also broadcasting it out to the wider world. So you think it could actually remake or or refocus our relationship between uh, producers and performers and audiences? Yeah, I think it excellent. Can. I think yeah, yeah, it can. There's going to be a marriage there. I think. Okay. Uh, Elston or Rob, I think, is, is trying, I mean, we've actually got hands up in here, which is a first for yeah. this podcast. It has to be said. <laughs> Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> Passionate ones we are. Um, no, I was just going to say, uh, from me, I did, 
I've come from doing also quite immersive theatre experiences back in Wales as well, like where we sort of did ghost tours in the castles and stuff like that. Um, and one thing that I've looked at as well recently, I've been looking at how these companies that I knew um, that did immersive theatre originally, how they've adapted during this time to sort of make it work. And it's interesting, some of the stuff that you can find online with, there's actually immersive experiences online where you get sent a package beforehand you get given your character almost like murder mystery sort of nights and stuff like that. So it's like, I was, it's quite interesting how people are adapting to that way and being able to still give that immersive experience from their home. But there is the problems of who could walk in um, and all the other things that, you know, if you've got your audience there in the stage, you're not going to have any other interruptions, particularly, you, you know, they're in the auditorium. Whereas back home, it's a bit of a different thing. You don't know what interruptions they're going to get the kid running in and screaming about something. So just to expand on that yeah. as well, I think because I think any any tutor, any any student can vouch for this. Like it's extremely hard to teach such a practical thing over an online session, of course. Um, and when you don't feel like you've got you've the actual face to face contact, you don't feel like there's any energy in the room because yeah. there is no energy in the room. You can't feel it. There's no one to actually connect with. Like it's one of them things, isn't it? But I think, I think, I've, descri I think I've described it at points this year as that it's less like a lecture and more like a seance because, because you're in a room just, just saying things to a load of blank screens often because, you know, bandwidth and you find yourself going, is there anybody there? If the spirits are with us, will somebody please give us a sign? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine if we had classes on VR sets and you can literally look to the person next to you. That'd be That'd amazing. Be just sit next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we're five years away. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, I, th I think we're five years away from that. But education <laughs> software is usually a few years behind, behind. I mean, look at how dodgy Teams was this time last year compared to like how it is now it, it'll catch up but it but yeah it'll get there sorry i, I think i kind of cut across you there you were talking about oh, the, the difference between uh yes team um, four and now and and yeah i think four and like even though it's extremely hard it also teaches you that to deal with a situation that we've all been through at this present time it's it kind of sets you up to be able to think more outside the box when it comes to being in the lessons now i feel i personally feel like more anyway creative, isn't you it? feel more creative because you feel like you can create theater online and through a camera where you're so minimized to every every single aspect that you can now actually create something from a bigger picture and especially with um everything being i mean it's not necessarily online of course you have tv like netflix being big and disney plus and all this and everything's become a massive thing online you you view it through through your laptop through your tv your phone whatever it is but it now gives you the opportunity to be able to explore that and be like okay so if they're able to get views on this how can i make my theater approachable to the audience through what i'm doing on zoom so it it really gives with, you a challenge with that in point as well like i feel that um the guerrilla style of filming is actually going to be more accepted now through the understanding of that to some extent as well for understanding that you can if you can do a performance through a zoom call like we have with international mm -hmm. then you know there's not really any limits to where you can put your creativity really in that in that sense i think that's a really interesting idea as well that it that it, if it, it might even break some of the rules that this industry set itself that uh that a performance has to be in a theater with an audience and if it isn't that it's somehow less than yeah. that, that it's all sorry I was going to say that like uh, one of the lessons we did 
uh, online mainly was movement and I think being able to like having like a small like a lot of people had small bedrooms or like you know small living rooms and having to like adapt to the space and I think that's really gonna help in the future you know when you have to go and rehearse and you're not always going to get like a massive rehearsal space or a massive theatre space it's going to help you know adapt to those things as well like those situations as well so I think it's also helped um like it's not the best situation to be in but it's like it's helped what what you know to do in the future then yeah and I think as well because I mean theatre performance it's a contemporary theatre course so contemporary theatre is keeping up with the times and like this is the time the time is now and it is online and that's where we are and we're keeping up with it we're 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 doing stuff that is incorporating it and I think that um tap throughout like what Elston was saying earlier about how it is setting you up for those different avenues um of work and stuff I think that you know we've we've kind of we've you know made our own silver lining of of a big storm cloud and i think that we've we've actually created some really good stuff and i think we've all learned about um what contemporary theater is i think that we've all kind of seen it firsthand because we've we've watched the development of it we've had to adapt we've had to work on it i was gonna say it's quite um a transaction isn't it in some way or uh, you go through quite a metamorphosis of some sort when you go through through tap because it gets you as a conventional performer and really sort of makes you question areas which normally people say you shouldn't go to and you realize that you can go to these areas and the fact that you have can also make this this daring point that you go to also makes it more of a thrilling performance in some ways which yeah. is so drawing towards it isn't it i think our course has really took advantage of it oh sorry it's like really took advantage of the fact that we um have had to ad adapt and I think our course does adapt very quickly like um the option like going from we're like the first double cohort year and going from that to having to make options and things like even just that is a, a massive shift in the course and then having to do all this online stuff it like the course really does adapt to those things and takes advantage of those things as well I think that I think that's an excellent point. And and uh, as I, as I'm sure you remember, I used to live in the tap office, not literally, um, <laughs> uh, but but I I used to uh, share an office with 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 tap. And I often said that if I was a student now, this, this is the course I would be doing, which is very disloyal. But um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, now. But, but, but it's but it's absolutely true. I I've often said that if I was here doing i would be doing this so it's been uh, great to hear uh, some of your perspectives on this tonight and to i'll probably just say it now i've seen some amazing work from you guys over the last few years so thank you very much for all of that and i'm excited to see what you come up with next so uh can you tell us before we uh, wrap up one where can people see this two when and three how take it away project manager yeah. yeah, project management. <laughs> um, so it is um, on the 21st and 22nd of May. I am right, aren't I? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at everyone's faces like, um, I was like, oh, <laughs> I better know this. It's depending um, on you, Maddie, your project manager. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the 21st and 22nd of May, that is the Friday and Saturday. And it is from 3 p.m. till 10 p.m. at night 
and you can get the tickets i think we haven't we have a link but we'll post them out on our social medias and stuff um which elston can tell you about but it is we have an instagram we have a facebook and stuff like that so um if you follow that you'll be updated and yeah you can get get the information there so take it away Elston. Oh, I was going to say, Maddie, the hub opens at 2.45. Oh, yeah. yeah, it does. The hub opens on <laughs> Facebook Live um, at 2.45 so that you can head over there and get the gossip um, and the lowdown of what's happening. Okay, yeah, and uh, and we'll put the links uh, in the in the bio for this episode when it comes up. Uh, but if uh, yeah, so you can find it through Facebook and through Instagram, and that is going to be on the twenty first and twenty second of May. So uh, thank you all very much for coming on this evening. It's been really great to see you all again uh, after so long. Uh, best of luck with the rest of the project. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing it in a couple of weeks' time. So thank you very much for listening. As usual, if you want to follow us on Instagram, that is on Arden A Up with it's the A Y U P P. And uh, we are available on Spotify and Breaker and Google Podcasts and all the wonderful places. Not Apple, because it's really, really hard to get something on Apple. Oh. Um, so thank you very much for listening we'll be back in touch soon i uh, hope you have a great rest of your evening speak to you soon bye now.